Hey, good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour. It's a great day to be alive, and thanks for tuning in. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group, legal, lawful, constitutional tender, things that are real, things that are tangible, things that you can count on. 1-800-951-0592 is the business line for this great company. You can also go out 24-7-365 to allamericangold.com. It's got news, it's got prices you can order, and you can while away the wee hours of the evening by surfing. This is an amazing day, a day that most of us thought we'd never see. And all across this country, from New York to L.A., people are glued to their televisions and thoughts of sugar plums dancing in their heads as we inaugurate the 45th president of the United States of America. We all know that this is a tectonic shift. This is something that uh, most of us thought we'd never see. I have to admit that uh, I had said that I didn't think anyone would beat Hillary Clinton, and then I thought Bernie Sanders would beat Hillary Clinton, and if you recall a year ago, I said it would be Sanders and Trump, and I didn't think Trump could beat Sanders. And I don't think Trump could have beat Sanders, except, as we found out, the Republicans and the Democrats are both the most crookedest parties in the history of this country. And, of course, they just dealt him out. They tried to deal Trump out. You people in Colorado know that your vote didn't even count in the primary. And, I mean, they just tried everything. They didn't think it was going to get this far, but yet, here it is. You know, they told me when I was a young child in Des Moines, Iowa, in the early 60s in kindergarten, that anybody can be president of the United States. You remember that? You don't hear that as much anymore. Now they're going to say anybody with a billion dollars can be president of the United States. But the average Joe, I don't know, I think we're all pretty much dealt out. So today we've got the inauguration. You've got everything just going, you know, hullabaloo on just about every network news channel. Fox News, I don't know what Fox News is going to do. You know, let's face it. Fox News originally did not want Trump president, and they realized that uh, as he was gaining momentum, you know, Megyn Kelly and all those, they they, uh, they talked bad about him, and I mean, most of the Fox broadcasters talked bad. Rush Limbaugh did not. Uh, Hannity did not. The people who did not ultimately are still prospering. The ones that did, I don't think, are going to be able to keep their jobs or their following. But Fox News has done nothing but follow around uh, Donald Trump for uh, I don't know how long now, and uh, it's crazy. And then the business news is turned into almost a third world country. What does the dictator say? What uh, is what's going to happen to the economy? It's what it's come down to. So it's going to be probably the most wild ride we've ever been on. And I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to it. I'm so glad that he's here. You know how close this country was to going out completely and just becoming an entire socialist nation. And whether it can be fixed or not still remains to be seen. If they can get the genie back in the bottle and get this country back to work, we can see a turnaround of epic proportion. But I find it interesting. The Democratic Party, you know the party that's out there. You know the people that come on and preach diversity. And the people that preach tolerance. And the people that preach change have none of it. You have 70-something elected officials sitting out they're sitting out of the inauguration these are the people that try to tell you about diversity and change and tolerance and and they're not going to show up these are the people that almost took over this country do you understand that will the smokestack start up again will you be able to go walk down the aisles of walmart and once again see made in america will sam walton whose original business model was to sell american goods at discount prices 
once again reign in this country? Will a Chevrolet and a General, well, I'll tell you, General Motors is already having a good day. If you see the motorcades pull up, they, uh, Donald Trump's already ordered, I don't know how many new Suburbans and Cadillacs, because there was just literally hundreds of them rolling into the inauguration festivities as we speak. So the 45th president is going to be inaugurated in here probably in an hour or so, right about when we get off the air. And uh, i got to tell you, um, I couldn't be prouder to be an American at this point in my life. So hopefully we can put it all back. Hopefully our children and grandchildren will be able to grow up with some semblance where everybody doesn't have to have a college degree because there's no other job except a government job and, and, or to be hired somewhere to be a customer service rep. You have to have a degree where, you know, people that could go out and farm and people that could grow out and oil and drill oil wells and people that could run tools and could build Chevrolet trucks with assembly lines and people that could run textile mills can put their children through college like he used to be able to do in this country. That is why Donald Trump got elected, and nobody got it except for the people that voted, which if you look at the map, the entire midsection and all the cities where all the liberals have taken over and they run the school districts and they brought in all the illegals and they've completely destroyed these towns, these large cities that are out there where the small towns, all they want is their country back. And that's what nobody got. And that's how we got this. I'm Eric Cedars from former CEO Shipping Clerk and Jander, and they let me come on and do this show on Fridays. I'm joined with the new CEO president, Joe Jaquin, who runs this company, runs the website, does a great job. Hired, uh, hired, uh, got a new gal up front. You got Wendy, yeah, Arlene. Arlene. You only got up the. She's a and Wendy. They're splitting time. You got Homer and Sarah, and everybody's going along. How you doing this morning, Joe? Happy inauguration day. How about it, man? I'm fired up. It's great. It's great. So I never thought we'd see it ever again. I had made a statement that they would never elect a conservative president ever in this country. And let's face it, they did all they could to well, not get it done. You know, you bring up a great point in, in how these these senators and these congress, well, I'm not going to the inauguration, and, and of course the mainstream media almost cheerleading for protest. Whatever happened to coming together? Right. Well, what, where, where did that go? Where's all this diversity crap and change? Where is all that? I don't get it. Right out the window. Yep. As soon as they don't get their way. They don't get their way. It is horrible. So, well, I got to tell you, the, the ball game's over for them. So, so you people that have had to suffer through Fridays, and uh, maybe the only way you've been able to get through it is tugging on old number seven. <laughs> Things might be getting better for you as we speak. <laughs> hey, it's Friday. Smoke them if you got them. Patriots driving the bus. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen. Donald Trump will not be called president. He's not going to be president. He is not. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. 
take it to the bank. Okay. I guarantee it. All right, all right. You think if he becomes the president here, make, make it great, because the states is already great. I think that man will be president of the United States right about the time that spaceships come down filled with dinosaurs and red capes. On that note, Tom. <laughs> take it Thank from you me. Much. How about that? Yes, and then, of course, there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look at me. Do it. Well, there you have it. I mean, I, thanks, Ramon. Down in place on George Clooney, uh, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi. The list just goes on and on and on. And I mean, I hate to talk about it, and I never usually do here. We always, that's why you tune in on Fridays. You hear things you don't hear anywhere else, and I know this will be the top and the topic du jour, but there's just no way around it. And uh, he did it. How about that? So all you need, anyone can be president as long as you got a billion dollars. <laughs> that's probably like the bare minimum. That's what they got to teach in the schools now, because they used to tell us anybody, you know, that remember people would always say, like your mother, he could be president of the United States. Anybody can. Nah, I don't think so. Here's a guy who can. You see, a guy got thirteen, had thirteen drunk drivings, and just got a fourteen. And the judge asked him, well, "What the heck's going on?" He goes, "Anything worth doing is worth doing right." <laughs> You gotta admit. So, oh, anyway. So, what do we got here? Well, we got an outgoing president who left us well, nothing. Not well, he to... left us quite a bit. That's not true. I want to. I want to tell you that. Uh, well, he left some debt behind. A whole bunch of it. And um, where's the? Remember the gal that when the day that that they were inaugurating Obama, where they they had played it. That she goes, I don't have to worry about paying my bills. Right. I get my Obamacare. I get my Obamacare. I don't have to pay my rent. Right. I don't have to pay get for a, nothing. I get my phone. Remember, he makes a big deal out of the phone. I haven't heard the words Trump phone yet. No. Is there a Trump phone or Trump care? Trump care might be coming. Trumponomics is coming. Um, but uh, I haven't heard that yet. So I, I, I don't believe I've heard that yet either. And the... The rhetoric just continuing to fly everywhere, and uh, I mean, eventually you're going to have to get to work, right? I mean, Trump's going to have to get to work. I like the fact that uh, that the have you seen the bikers for Trump? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many they didn't say how many Harley guys have actually showed up for the inauguration, but I did see a, a aerial, and there was a lot of motorcycles. And I got a feeling that's going to keep the uh, the uh, millennials at bay. <laughs> I'm going to go hold up a sign that I live in my parents' basement and I want free care. It's right in front of the... What was on that basement? They need it. I need relief from my college debt that I can't pay. I need free health care. I need free living assistance. I just need free stuff. It's crazy. So I don't think that's going to fly today. I think that actually was a pretty good move to have, you know... You know, they got confused with the with the land of the free. That's what threw they off just heard the word free. They heard free and they got confused. I, uh... I was listening to the choir singing this morning. God, it was just beautiful. So, and it was just—it was nice to hear they were saying "God bless America." At first, I thought I had a baseball game on. <laughs> like, ha! Huh, oh, it is. Uh, so, it's good to see everything just kind of getting back. We'll see if they can put it back. Pray for this country. I certainly hope it happens. 
and uh, you know, at least children, our children and grandchildren get to grow up in the United States of America because the balkanization of this country is just about complete. You know, they just can't stop bringing in illegals. And I mean, and I know Trump's going to throw them all out, but did you see they're bringing, they brought, they extradited El Chapo back in. <laughs> what are they worried that all about? I mean, we're trying to get rid of them. They're still bringing them in, so. Well, you know, he's a big reason why they're going to go to the digital currency. Is that right? Well, you know, drug lords used it. Yeah, El Chapo. Remember when they changed the money? I was doing a show, and they said it was for blind people. And the first $50 bill that I got, I thought was a 20 <laughs> Now, I have perfect vision. Well, you know, yeah. close enough. And I'm looking, I'm going, this says 20 doesn't it? No, it's a 50 That was the first time. They, they, they're just getting us ready. That was the first rainbow money that hit. Remember, Remember they had the pink? The pink money, right. and now they got the blue stripe money. Well, that's because they're setting us up. And now they got the Wall Street Journal writing articles about uh, that money smells. You know, that's the new one. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. I, I like the show you did. I like the, the show you did this week on uh, free trade. You know, and, and, and I'd always ask and said, are we going to want it all back? We're going to want it all back. We're going to need it back. But you got to remember, a part, the big part of this this fake rally that we've had and all of this debt implosion was all of these companies getting rid of jobs here. Exactly. So now how are we supposed to get a rally when we force them to bring them back here? That's, that's I mean, most stock, It doesn't make sense. Most of the stock uh, rallies are on news that right. uh, they laid people off. IBM went up today because they announced 5,000 more layoffs. I mean, right. that's just how it works. Or the retailers. And closed 17 stores. They're going to consider uh, this a cost those, those 17 stores are now 170 stores. You know, the numbers are just getting bigger. Well, Amazon uh, is hiring. Did you know that? Yeah. You know, you're talking a lot of money here. They make 150, 170 bucks a week. I mean, it's a lot of money. <laughs> Big pay. Did, I don't know. You see where Uber just paid a huge fine because they overstated how much you could actually earn being an Uber driver. Oh, they did? Yeah, they were trying to tell people you could earn as much as $90,000 a year if you were an Uber driver in New York City and up to 74000 in San Francisco. Apparently, they are a little high on those numbers. I like the new business model they came out with. This is the ultimate for the kids living in the basement. You know, this is right out of Wedding Crasher. Mom, meatloaf! That you can actually call and order food to go and then call Uber to pick it up and bring it <laughs> I love that business model. I wish we'd have had that when we were a kid. <laughs> I'd like to place an order for pickup, right, and I'll be sending my Uber driver to get call it. Call the Uber guy and go, hey, will you go through Jack in the Box? Okay, what? so you're just telling us, I need five Super Tacos, two Jumbo Jacks, oh, a chocolate shake. <laughs> and a curly fry. All right, the Uber driver's order, and bring it over here to 2010 West Park <laughs> How about that? So, so even in New York, they're saying that the most anybody was making driving for Uber in New York City where they paid the most was 60000 Yeah, nobody has cars over there. These are the people, by the way, that dictate highway policy. <laughs> they all have drivers, yeah. So isn't that crazy? Let me tell you, 60, How much? 60 grand in New York, you live in an at the worst part of town. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, rent of a closet is five grand a month or something, isn't it, in New York? So... All right. Well, I guess so. Uber's out. Yeah, Uber is out. They paid a twenty million dollar fine for misleading. I guess their their contract workers. 
How about this? See, Denver is now offering one-way bus tickets to get home. out of town. They got, you know what? Everyone's got the same problem. I mean, it is. I don't know about you, but you know, right at the 101 in Scottsdale Road, where I get off, to, you know, where I get off to go home, every one of the corners is now occupied. Well, that's prime real estate. So, and the amount of women now at these corners is just mind-boggling to me. The bums, I don't know, we don't call them bums anymore. I know that's politically incorrect. Homeless, I guess, is that okay? The homeless, how about displaced worker? The homeless are getting younger and younger out there. They are, too. They need a better gig. They need an Eddie Murphy gig, you know, in trading places where he's on a dolly and and no legs, you know. (laughs) Valentine! Right, that's it all. You know, I haven't seen anything since I stepped on that landmine. They need a better gig, you know, because I look at them and I'm like, here's a 20-something-year-old kid with a beard and, you know, we need, we need money. You're not, I'm not giving them nothing. So I'm not giving them any. I just can't I can't bring myself to do it. But anyway, if you if you have homeless in Denver, they've been buying them one-way bus tickets. They don't say where they send them. I did the math. So far they've bought uh, 540 tickets. For $123,000 is what it's cost the taxpayers. That works out to 227 bucks per ticket. Now, now, Grant, didn't you be? Couldn't you get on a Greyhound bus and like drive across the entire country for like 50 bucks? Couldn't you? Couldn't you go to Puerto Rico <laughs> for 227 bucks? On a gray house. Right, you get a couple of fairies. And I, a couple. I don't get it. So I don't know where they're sending them. They must be sending them here. They got to, you know, they're, they're snowbirds. It's cold up there. <laughs> Send them to Phoenix. 227 bucks per ticket. Now, I don't think that's a bad idea. Now, they should have made Obama take a bus. We could have sent a bus for him on vacation and saved a lot of money because Obama's average trip <laughs> was about $11.5 million. For him and his wife and family to go on vacation. $85 million in just vacation travel for the exiting administrative president. He left behind... Wow, think about what... Really? $85 million in eight years. How does that even... There's pop? no inflation, though. No, no. $85 million. I, it's just hard to get your mind around. You know, I haven't been on vacation with my wife since June of 2013. I don't even know what that is, really. I think that costs 800 bucks. <laughs> that was our last vacation. So <laughs> maybe I should run. I took my entire family on a boat for a week, and it wasn't even ten thousand dollars. How about that? Well, that's pretty good, though. That was a good trip, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great trip. Nice. But I'm just saying, eighty-five million. Eighty-five million bucks. So here's what we got left. We got he left nine point three trillion. But still debt. counting is because well, this is what the, the current count. You know, yesterday. Yeah, as of yesterday. Yeah, we are now. By the way, I'm watching the clock here. Twelve billion dollars away from twenty trillion, uh, which means by Monday we'll be there. So, so Dow twenty thousand, debt twenty trillion. Now you got the math. Isn't that interesting? Those two. You got any gold? Man, you know what? Dow twenty, debt twenty. The Dow was. I wonder. I bet you the Dow probably and and you know we had twenty trillion and eighty or uh, one trillion in debt in eighty one. You think the Dow was probably a thousand then? So you're right. That's about what we're averaging. Well, the Dow it took to hit ten trillion in debt. We hit ten trillion in two thousand and five. 
So, so how many years is that? I don't even know. Uh, let me see. Seven. We were seventy-five trillion, seventy-five million. Oh, that's what. Seventy-five million in debt in seventeen ninety-one. Had we elected Trump, he could have paid it off. <laughs> I think anyone had seventy-five million in seventeen ninety-one. You know, I don't know. Somebody must have had it. But you're uh, a pretty rich guy. Yeah, yeah. You think? So, considering you buy, you buy Manhattan for a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Ten years later, <laughs> a couple of blankets, a bead. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it is mind-boggling. It works out to, in eight years, Obama has tacked on seventy-five thousand one hundred and twenty-nine dollars liability per worker in the United States of America. That's just per worker. Per worker, yeah. $75,000 per worker. So everybody now owes over one hundred and fifty grand. No, no, that's workers. Workers, right. So, so you got to, now to expound that to everybody, that means everybody owes probably, close, we're closing in on half a million dollars per person. Well, it works out. If you want to pay it off in one year and work 40 hours, it's a... Uh, um, Works out to or thirty two hours, which is what is that full time? Yeah, it's it's pretty close. I think they're saying the the work week is thirty three point something hours a week. Okay, yeah, you got to make about um, you got to make eleven. Does that work out? What's seventy five grand divided by twelve? Let's do the math. Let's, okay, let's, so, let's. So you got a job? You can't work for Uber because they don't pay that much. much. So how much you got to make a month? Uh, six thousand two hundred and fifty bones a, a month. month? And then you're back to even. You can pay it off. So, well, you got to you, you got to give that to the government. I well, then you got to pay taxes on too. So yeah, right. Plus the tax, right? There. You so got to go work. Yeah, I got to keep going. <laughs> so you got to pay a lot more than that to actually pay pay your share of what Obama tacked on. Just the Obama part. Right. Just the eight year part. Right. That's the, you know somebody's going to pay it. I'll say that again. Somebody's going to have to pay this. So so he just by a by a a smidge missed. Ten trillion dollars. Yeah. Oh, going from he says it went took it from ten to twenty, what? and now we're, we're getting ready over the next eight years. We're going to take it from twenty to forty. What took what took two hundred and twenty nine years to accomplish? Obama got it done in eight. Patriot Radio News Hour. Two on that one. Ah, uh, it's halftime. It's Friday. Wine leads the stupid. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. On the 25th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, a New York Times CBS poll reported that after 30 million abortions, our nation is just as irreconciled to that evil decision as ever. The people who hope that the divisive issue of abortion will go away are just whistling in the wind. It was encouraging that the New York Times CBS poll showed a notable shift in attitudes over the last decade from 40% general acceptance of unlimited legality to 32%. It also showed a growing desire to make abortions harder to get and for fewer reasons. The poll reported that 50% of Americans believe that abortion is murder, and almost half said it is too easy to get an abortion. 
Now, conventional wisdom might have predicted that the result would be a growing sympathy or acceptance since 58% of Americans say they know somebody well who has had an abortion. But guess again. Attitudes have shifted the other way, with one-fourth saying they thought the woman did the wrong thing and 70% saying that interference with her career is not a sufficient reason to justify an abortion. Despite all that has been written and spoken over the past 25 years, 45% of respondents are still either misinformed or uninformed about what Roe v. Wade makes legal or illegal. They don't know that Roe legalizes the killing of unborn babies at any time throughout nine months of pregnancy for any reason, no matter how trivial, by any method, no matter how gruesome. I think we have to credit the debate over the gruesome method of partial birth abortion for changing public attitudes about abortion. A lot of people have just realized that abortion is killing an unborn baby. And the source of the problem is the Supreme Court decision in Roe v. Wade. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In a civilized society, there's no such thing as an unwanted child. Mothers with unplanned pregnancies should be loved and guided toward life-giving choices. At PSEagles.com, you can join the blog conversation on how to protect the innocent victims of abortion, unborn babies, and their moms. That's PSEagles.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. He was backwards, backwards. You're listening to the Patriot Radio News Hour on Friday. I'm your guy Friday, Eric Cedars from Thanks for Tuning in today. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy lives. We try not to waste it. Ah, Barrett Jackson's in town, the uh, classic car extravaganza, the yearly uh, minutia of just about everybody from America that has any type of interest. And, the, and it's a lot like if you've ever been to the golf tournament out here, the Phoenix Open, that, you know, they set up something like 163 bars, you know, drinking bars, taverns. And when you go to the Phoenix Open, you it becomes like the third or fourth largest city in the state of Arizona. And you couldn't tell, unless you're looking for it, that there actually was a golf tournament going on. I mean, it's almost impossible. You can actually be there almost all day and right. actually see no golf. Yeah, no golf. Not even see a golf course. It's that big. So they just have... I mean, most people don't go there to actually watch the golf. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, who would do that? So the menagerie of people and the drinking and the... Well pretty much Babylon by Saturday afternoon at 5. <laughs> I will say this. For those of you that uh, don't live here, yeah, don't just drink and drive here. No, no, no. And it, everybody will serve you, but no one will help you when you get, when you leave. And uh, so Barrett Jackson is, is that. It's become this huge, huge thing, and it really is ridiculous. Um, you know, one of the worst career moves that I ever made. Tom Barrett, that's the Barrett part of Jackson. Uh, used to have the auctions at his home up in Scottsdale, and he actually asked me to come work for him when I was a kid. So I turned him and down. You're like, eh. I was working for him washing cars, and I was, you know, 16 years old. We were shuttling cars back and forth to his place, and every year I worked at the gas station there for Mr. Bridwell, who's still with us, by the way, amazing man. Customer of mine. Yeah, for four or five years, and uh, um, and Tom Barrett had an account there, and I, I'll never forget, yeah, 58. 1958 Cadillac Brome, Eldorado Brome, which is just an amazing car. 
And I couldn't imagine building one today because the car actually had a factory Cadillac bar in the back seat with matching Cadillac decanters <laughs> and shot glasses. So, well, a, you had arrived if you had one of those. Oh, you're not kidding. And mink interior. So it's really something. A 58 Brome, if you've never seen one, suicide door car, midnight blue, stainless steel top, mink interior, and a bar that came out of the driver's seat from the back. So you can just like, yeah, pour me a shot. And boy, does this car ride well. <laughs> I'll tell you, those Brome Cadillacs in the mid-'80s, those things were huge. Tanks. Absolutely. Just tanks. enormous. So. <laughs> I still think about, imagine uh, advertising today. Payments only nine ninety five, and we'll throw in the decanter so you can drink <laughs> while you're driving. <laughs> That's how the world has changed. Yes, there's no bars installed in new Cadillacs, but uh, Tom Barrett, God rest his soul, if he had any idea what this was going to turn into, man, it's just amazing. I have to tell you, it's just, it's a great ticket. Uh, I'm going to go out there with my daughter later today, and uh, I was out there a couple times this week, and they got Silver's Auto Auction in town, and you know, it's a, it's a good pulse on the economy. You know, people that buy classic cars used to buy stock, you know, and then of course the fat fingers and the uh, the fact that you can get wiped out literally overnight yeah. in the All equity markets. Wall Street was up 10% this year. You look at your returns, you got two. Yeah. You know, and after you got hit with all the fees and all that stuff, people just get tired of it. Yeah, it's amazing. So, you know, and, and there, so there's still a tremendous, tremendous following. And, of course, Friday and Saturday is when they bring out Saturday, especially they bring out the really expensive, ridiculous cars that uh, – Again, it still don't make any sense to me, and we'll see how long that'll go. But that business model also will fail. You know, classic cars are, are pretty much about memories, and if your dad drove it, you know, if your dad had one, then you kind of wanted one. And then when you were in high school, you know, and, and the old cars that were around, especially my generation, you know, they, the, my first car was a 64 Buick. So, so are you so, telling me that in 30 years people are going to be paying millions of dollars for a Hyundai. Could have. A Kia. Could have. While they listen to classic rap. Right. You know. <laughs> you got classic rap going, yo, yo. This, yo, this was my first car. Yeah. That's what happened. That's what happened. I don't think you can stop it. And, I mean, the people are that, and you're starting to see it. I mean, the old Packards and everything ultimately are, are icons and the Duesenbergs and things of that nature. But I think they've hit their peak. The people that had them understood them, but most of those people are going away. The 50s cars have peaked. Right, so the Woody Wagons and right, all that stuff. Right, it's all stuff. peaked. All that's peaked. The 60s, uh, Mopar, the 60s Mopar million-dollar muscle machines have peaked and have, and are still, you know, languishing. The the, the three and four million-dollar Hemi Cudas and all that are, you know, are kind of flat. I don't know. I mean, the 70s and 80s cars seem to be coming on. Trucks are coming on real strong. And again, I think it's just because. That's what people want. And I think the generation, yeah, that the Toyota, Honda generation of the 80s, and Cliff, who were you know, back here at Fidelity, behind us here, um, my car partner in cars, he says that's the next run. Uh, Datsun Zs and, uh, and, 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 and Mazdas. Right, I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm laughing just because. I know. Right, that's, that, you know, and I, I thought about I laughed at him, too, when he said it, but I thought about it, and I think he's right. And you're starting to see him show up. So, I mean, I watched a Honda. One of the, remember those little tiny little Hondas when they very first came out, a '70s Honda Accord. 
and they look like tennis shoes. And, and for Shaquille, they'd be too small. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. You're he not fitting in there. He couldn't get a foot in this car. One brought eleven grand at Barrett Jack. I mean, that car was ten dollars when it was used. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just thought I'd uh, bring you up to date on that. My wife, I uh, went with her last night. I attended a planning and zoning commission meeting last night. And uh, it was a bed and breakfast that my wife had listed. And some of you might have seen it. If you Google Lori Cedarstrom railroad cars, it made Fox News. It made national news. This was a listing that she had with buried railroad cars. That This was one of the original, you know, survivalist homes. They had actually taken BNSF full-size railroad cars and put them underground. And then there was a tunnel that went up to the house. So you could go down under underground, you know, and go to and from the house. And I'm sure at one point, you know, the, the home was built in the 30s. So, you know, that that's a crazy idea now, but not really. I think the pod thing's coming back and the uh, the threat, probably the threat of, of some sort of uh, thermal nuclear annihilation now, believe it or not, we're probably at the highest DEFCON level that we've ever been. I mean, I saw North Korea was putting missiles on trailers or on launch pads or something this week that nobody's paying attention to, but I'm sure Trump was going to have to deal with that. How long can this go? I mean, are we, uh, again, another facet of Trump, are we going to be a country where we're just going to be don't mess with us? I mean, it's going to be a Harry Truman type thing. You know, keep it up, keep it up, watch this. So, so anyway, I went to a town uh, planning, a zoning planning and zoning commission. Yes. There's seven people. And they're, you know, mostly retired guys or attorneys and whatnot. And, and they were trying to reinstate the bed and breakfast permit on this property. And the, the gal who's buying it bought it subject to being able to have run the bed and breakfast that it was. And it was amazing the uh, restrictions that they tried to put on this permit. And I mean, boy, the government, you know, Donald Trump wants to get the government out of the way of small business. He's got a lot of work to do. Patriot Radio News Hour. Stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, you're listening to The Blind, leading the stupid uh, live here at your favorite radio outlet, Patriot Radio News Hour, 1-800-951-0592 is the business line here. We uh, have hundreds of thousands of customers without a complaint. We can help you, too. We don't... uh, play games here there's no uh bait and switch there's no phone calls while you're trying to eat dinner we uh we just don't do it we're on a clean ship around here over two decades this radio program's been in this time slot that's hard to imagine and this is it's got to be the longest running financial radio broadcast in the country so and uh darn it because we're good enough and people like us now i was talking about attending a planning and zoning uh last night and they actually one of the guys says, okay, well, we think we're going to approve this. And it's just a bed and breakfast with four rooms. Four rooms. And, and, but it, it's on five acres, and the lady wants to rent out the rooms and the horse stalls. And the zoning is that you can have 23 horses on this property, on five acres. And it has room for all of them. The riding arenas are in. The mayor motels are in. Everything is there. And one of the, the council members tried to say, okay, now remember the, the, the new owner is going to live here, too. Okay, because the neighbors were all complaining that they didn't want the traffic. That's what this was all about. So there was about five neighbors that came and complained about the permit. What tra- what are we traffic are we talking about? The Horse trailers. 
You know, people coming and going and, and nothing. There really isn't any. And so they tried to pass, put a, an amendment on the permit uh, that she could only have 12 vehicles on the property at any one time. And can you believe that? And they were all going to go for it. <laughs> and, and the poor gal standing up there going, but I live here. You know, what if I want to have people over, friends? Right. You know, what if I want to have a dinner party? It's my home. They tried to do it. And there was only one, a, a lady, believe it or not, a dissenting voice, a gal, who said, you can't regulate this. He looked at the other, you can't regulate people's private property. How many people can come visit them? So the, all the NIMBYs were around, but it, they, they approved it at, in the end. And uh, But now it has to go to the town council or whatever. But this is what it takes just to get... You know, a, a bed and breakfast reinstate a permit. It already had one on it. So this has been going on. It took three months to get it on the docket. So now they have a meeting, and now it has to go back to the town. You know, people don't town understand town that. I'll tell you. You know, being a business owner anymore, it's hard to even say it's worth it. I got to tell you, after, you know, I passed the torch to you, and, you know, and everybody got a little mad at me, but I was worn out, man. It's, it's, I, I, I get it. 17 years of this, you know, and it have a, doesn't stop. We had a chair here, and I looked at Remember Clint Eastwood when he did that bizarre thing? I forget where it was, the Oscars or something. The empty chair. Right, the empty chair, yes. Well, I don't know what it, I forget what it was about, but it was a government deal. And we have the empty chair sitting right here. It's the IRS, and they get paid. They have one person in this company that makes exactly what Joe makes every year. It's incredible. It is incredible. Are they going to fix it? I don't know. I got to tell you, Hollywood, people are about worn out with them. But I have to hand it to Robert Redford, you know, who set politics aside at uh, the Sundance. You know, he's like, the movie festival, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Sundance Festival, you know, he's not, he doesn't hate Trump. I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know, but he's just like really. You no, know, the funny thing is, is they all liked thing. Donald Trump until right. he was running for president. Oh, yeah, he'd be at Sundance high-fiving him. Everybody right. wanted to be in his jet, yeah. Right, they all wanted to go to Trump Towers and do all this and stay at his places. I got to hand it to Robert Redford, though. Like, really, we need this politics. Best movie ever he did, uh, River Runs Through It. I, it's a great movie. Uh, I, the Natural. Yeah, just great, great. All of all this stuff. So, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid. Was that him? Yeah. Him and Paul Newman? Him and Paul Newman, yeah, that's right. They jump off the cliff. Yeah. So, Here, I got one for you people that are struggling with teenagers at home. And you've, if you've been drugging them up, <laughs> if they're like if they're like doing lines of riddling in the bathroom, <laughs> they are now since the drugs aren't working, now they just can't get them to do anything. They're actually trying sending these these kids that won't leave to hypnotists <laughs> and psychiatrists and all of this right. stuff. It's incredible. But I gotta believe, you know, that every time you hear a dog bark, they're gonna program them. Clean your room. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be great? If you could program your teenager. I look at my little dog. Polly, speak. Wash the dishes. <laughs> take off, man. <laughs> what a great deal. I mean, how come this hasn't been thought of before? So I tried, you know, hypnotics. You know? I think that's going to catch on. I think <laughs> You know, <laughs> your kid's one years old. Where are you, oh, we're going to the hypnotist. <laughs> Got to start him young. Oh, man. 
Well, it's Friday. Um, it's been raining, too. i got to tell you, the, uh, it's been the weirdest week and a half here. We're supposed to get two feet of snow in northern Arizona. We used to get it all the I time. I think they got it last night. Yeah, we're, we used to get it all the time. In the 70s and 60s out I was going to say, not since I've been here. No, but, I mean, it used to just, you know, just get pounded. I've seen snow five, six feet deep in northern Arizona. I'm not kidding you. And little by little, we've had this drought, but we need it. I mean, if they're, I don't know what they're going to do. Lake Powell is going to go dry if this doesn't turn around. So, and then if Lake Powell goes dry, you know, there's this huge town sitting next to it. You may have heard of it called Las Vegas. Yeah, I think so the drought can help us. And come I don't know Mead. if it can help Lake Powell. I don't know. Lake Powell, well, feeds Lake Mead. So that's just all going to, the whole Colorado River system. But this one, I think we're going to get a good snowpack and, if they get it, if we get something like eight years of it, which, you know, weather's moving cycle. Believe it or not, as much as the liberals want to tell you that, no, we can tax the weather. <laughs> we can we can do, you know, global warming and carbon credits, and, oh, that'll fix We'd it. We'd really like to approve this bed and breakfast permit, but uh, unfortunately, due to environmental reasons. i got to tell you, turn off the, the smog in Shanghai, and it'll fix the weather patterns going over L.A. That's my call. Nobody wants to talk about that either. Well, you know, you said it all along. We need to get back to polluting our own rivers, right, right, and get it all back. See, we just moved it to China, so now it's just happening over there. That's messed up the jet stream, right? So the environmentalists should be all for it. (laughs) (laughs) Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up on a Friday. Thanks for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. Hey, how you doing? Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by Patriot Trading Group, one 800 Add a little hard assets. Today would be a good day for you to um, take the time and, and just, I don't know, add some silver, gold, just a little bit, and then make a note that it was the day Trump got inaugurated. And just write it on the invoice when you get it in your box, Trump inauguration, and we'll pull it out in four years. And I mean, if I've been on the air here for two decades now, I imagine Joel will still let me back in 48 months. The only way out of out of out of the national debt, by the way, is hyperinflation. Donald Trump said he could handle it, but if you hyperinflate, and well, Donald wants to go the other way, which is hey, we renegotiate, right? We don't pay, right? Which is or hyperinflation. Those are your only two choices: don't pay or hyperinflation, right? Yeah, and and to not default. That's right. I should have. I should have precluded that. To not default is to hyperinflate. Correct. Right. To default, ultimately, is to go, well, you know, remember like the silver certificate? That was our government's first default. You hear that? They always tell you, the U.S. has never defaulted ever. That's horse hockey, ladies and gentlemen, because you can take a dollar bill, a silver certificate, said redeemable for an ounce of silver, 720 grains of silver, take it down to the bank and go, I want a silver dollar for this. It's a silver certificate. Yes, sir, Mr. Jaquin, here's your Morgan dollar. And then, of course, when they decided not to do that, they they knew they couldn't just default because people were grabbing all the silver dollars. That was the problem. They saw it coming. And then they just said, well, you can get a little bag. Here's your grains of silver. And it had a little treasury stamp on Did you know that? I did not you know did that. You did not know that? You could so go, they, they go wouldn't a, give you the dollar no, anymore, So, no. but they'd give you the grains, of, you the silver. grains of silver. They, it wasn't even in a bar form. Just the grain. Right, in powder form. Like getting it out of a mine. You could swap it for that. Then ultimately they just said no. Now you go to the bank, take a silver. You want to do that if you're bored? Get a silver certificate. We used to do specials and get them. You should do that again. Um, 
and take it to your bank and go, I demand a silver dollar. Matter of fact, take it down to your council meeting. <laughs> and tie them up for about two and a half hours. You go, and I got a complaint. Chase Bank won't pay the silver certificate. So how do we do it? Well, we inflate out of it. So, And, I mean, that's the only way, unless they default. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But people always, and I mean, you know, being in this industry for most of my life, they go, well, the national debt's not real. How many times you it heard It doesn't matter. Right, it's not real. We can just print more money. I'm like, do you have any savings bonds? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> everybody had bonds. You know, you used to give them to kids, grandkids. Yep. My youngest daughter, God bless her, um, she had savings bonds that were given to us. Leanne, who just graduated with her uh, registered nursing degree from northern Arizona uh, last month. She, when she was about eight years old, and you guys know her. I had her on the air when she was a kid. Said she was going to vote for Ross Perot. Um, she asked me when she was eight to cash in her bonds and put them into silver. And I did. How about that? At oh, eight. At uh, six dollar silver. Yeah, you did pretty good. She did pretty good. She did pretty good. So... But you know what? Hyperinflation is one thing. How about hyperdeflation? That is the the thing that they can't quite grasp. You know, the Big Mac index. You ever follow that? It's pretty good inflation gauge. You know, a Big Mac was a buck fifty in nineteen eighty six. Was unheard of. It was expensive. A dollar fifty. That's an expensive sandwich. It was expensive. In twenty twelve, it was four dollars and thirty three cents. Today, three ninety nine. So this has been a problem. Well. I think it's shrunk a little. Well, that's competition. So the Big Mac index isn't as pure as it used to be. Something's got to give, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you all for tuning in. Thanks for allowing me into your lives. I'll be back good next Friday, good Lord willing. Until then, you guys listen to Joe and Homer. They do a great job. We'll see you. Bye now.